Welcome to Building Better Worlds, where we celebrate voices from around the world that are helping to forge a shared and abundant Web3 future. I'm your host, Julian Guderlei, creator of the Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And for this episode today, I'm here with Reggie Lutke. Um, welcome, Reggie. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks Reggie is a, an Edmund Hillary Global Impact Fellow in New Zealand, and he's working with Maori leaders in the movement to grant legal personhood to the more than human world and um, a founder he's the founder of earth equity and so reggie i already said where you are in the world but maybe you can share a little bit in your own words um, how you ended up in new zealand and you know what you're working on with earth equity yeah yeah happy to um so yeah my my background was more on i guess like the tech startup side of things i started a healthcare it consulting company um co-founded that um, and yeah, um, basically grew that from, we started with just me and my, my friend co-founder, and then it ended up going, growing to like 450 employees before it was eventually acquired. And I think part of the reason that we were successful with that is, um, this like principle of value in equals value out. So with, uh, incoming employees, um, and the consultants as well, it was really important to me and uh, to basically make sure that the value they received like in, in stock or stock options was related to the value that they were bringing and not how good of a negotiator they, they were. Um, so that was kind of like the idea I brought to New Zealand. I went to a Charles Eisenstein retreat there. And then, uh, yeah, at the retreat, I learned um, about the Wanganui River being granted legal personhood. So the river was gonna own the river and that was like mind blowing um, for me, because I think part of the reason corporations have so much power is they have legal personhood. Um, and then basically this idea of value in equals value out got mingled, I think in my brain with legal personhood. And it was, it was during a conversation kind of like at a, just sort of like a lunch at this, um, what was the predecessor to the Edmund Hillary conference or fellowship somebody who was starting a company said, oh, I, I heard you really like to think about cap tables. Can you help me brainstorm my cap table? Um, and his company was measuring the water quality of rivers. And yeah, basically I just kind of like in a download, I was like, well, your company wouldn't exist if the river didn't exist. And if the river can own itself, then conceivably it could own stock too. Um, what if you, and if, you know, if we were gonna honor this value and it's value out, yeah, mm -hmm. nature can't negotiate for value, but it's certainly bringing a ton of value. What if you put, you know, gave nature a shareholding and then it's an early and significant shareholder, you put nature on your board. And he was like, oh man, that sounds great. I wanna do that. And then um, I shared that um, at the conference. Uh, maybe there were like, yeah, 100, 150 people there just for a couple minutes me and said they wanted to give equity to a river <laughs> I had never really done anything environmental before and yeah that's basically been my last four years getting connected to body leaders and figuring out how to yeah how to do this yeah it's a it's a new idea for many people I think there's you know New Zealand is a good example Ecuador is another example um, mm -hmm. where you know earth has equity and, and stake in and legal rights maybe 
dive a level deeper for those people for, for whom this is a new concept still is like like why why is this a great idea right and and then um what becomes possible when we give earth equity yeah yeah totally and i just want to acknowledge that this is you know i think it's illustrated in my story i was not thinking about this um before i came to new zealand so this is really naughty uh innovation you know it, it comes from their worldview and is really more at least from the Maori worldview, from what I've heard and understood, it's more about neutralizing the Western legal system and the Western financial system. Um, and just the, you know, the fact that we have to call it personhood instead of riverhood, I think just kind of illustrates um, just, yeah. But it's the, it's the legal system that, that is in place now. So, um, but yeah, I think part of the reason why this is, um, well, you said you asked like what uh why is this important or like how does it kind of how does it work yeah yeah so in the case of the wanganui river each of the um the sort of um i guess entities um what used to be a national park tiotaweta wanganui river and soon um taranaki Monga or mount taranaki um each have a different process but for the wanganui river they made um, the river an orphan in the court system in legally they put made it an orphan and then there are legal guardians assigned um, to speak for the river's best interests so basically uh, in the same way that like an orphan that's say one year old one years old like they can't speak for themselves but they still they still have rights and they still have you know interests that should be sort of respected I guess and so if a legal guardian came in and said, you know, I, I think it's best for the, the orphan, you know, the orphan inherited all this money and he wants to give it to me, the, the judge would say, you're, you're not being a good legal guardian. There are legal obligations that you have if you're the guardian for this orphan. And basically there's a similar kind of setup for the river that there are guardians. Um, in the beginning, it was mostly government appointed guardians and, um, I think it was three iwi um, or tribe guardians. And then over time that's migrated more to um, towards the iwi or tribe side and away from the government side. Um, and they're obligated to speak in the best interest, legally obligated to speak in the best interest of the river. Hmm. And so the second part of the question was what becomes possible then when we have people that are legally obligated, you know, to speak for the best interests of nature, which, you know, it's it makes yeah. me smile just to even talk about it you know it's like wow we we're possibly possibly able to you know work around this yeah very complex and restrictive legal system that humans have created so what what you know and maybe you can find a pragmatic example of something you've witnessed in the last four years of what becomes possible yeah well um one of the things that's become possible from what i've heard from the taranaki, taranaki manga project is that um, organizations which have never been able in the past to, to work well together, when they come together um, to support the well-being of the mountain, there's a kind of collaboration that is possible there that, that wasn't before, um, or at least that's the experience that I've heard relayed. So it's this idea that it's more so that we belong to the mountain um, than the mountain belongs to us. And yeah, these organizations, they're able to come together as part of 
you know, with, with that settlement process, this treaty settlement process, I think there were eight iwi that had to come together and basically have a, you know, at least to some degree, a shared worldview and a shared idea of what where they wanted to be heading. And then once you have a sense of kind of maybe, you know, what the mountain wants, then, you know, if you're a business and you're talking with someone who's representing the mountain, you know, I think it becomes pretty hard to say, well, we, as a business, we really need this. And yeah, I understand the mountain needs that, but, you know, can't you see our side too? And so there are types of collaborations that uh, have been happening that weren't happening before. Um, and I think that there's, there's a lot of really exciting things that we can do sort of coming up. I think we're just at, at the very tip of this, you know, it's kind of like, say back in like the 1800s, if, if we were saying, you know, imagine if slaves had rights, like what's possible, you know, there's a different, there's a different world that happens, or if children had rights, or women could vote, like, it seems almost obscene to, to imagine a world before that. And I think like, yeah, I think at some point we will have riverhood and mountainhood and foresthood and yeah, and the world will likely be quite a different place. And so that's, but basically right now we're just trying to further the movement um, kind of in that direction. And I think one of the key things is it feels like values aligned businesses can be part of, of making that movement. Hmm. I like what you're saying. You know, it, it's like a, at the, we're at the tip of acting from whole systems awareness. And when we make, when we make um, legal rights of nature, a, a bridge or a stepping stone into this kind of awareness, yeah. Um, then yeah, com companies can lead like that. And, and we can build tech even that is, you know, maybe surrendered to the laws of nature rather than trying mm -hmm. to get us away from, from the, the the life force that it connects us all through nature um, totally yeah i love that because i think that's the other thing um you know in my mind does it does it uh as well in terms of like think about what's possible i think about it first externally but the other thing that's possible is like internal shift like this is the thing i guess i can speak to even more than the external at this point is like having sort of digested or trying to digest and really kind of imbibe this like understanding. Like I, I've been able to say, have experiences with trees and clouds and, and even rocks. I've never thought, you know, were possible. And, and before, yeah, I mean, I almost didn't believe when people would say that they were having those kind of experiences. Now it's like, that's real. Um, so I think like that, that is a, like a really, you know, that's just as much of the shift as external. Mm -hmm. I, I love where you just took this conversation and, you know, maybe for someone listening, this is very abstract, but you know, you're today, you're sitting in, in New Zealand, I'm sitting in Brazil and both places with very, alive and very powerful indigenous cultures that we can learn a lot from even now still where you know the western dominant worldview has taken over a lot of places and in in this um, process and i'm in, in this process myself you know personally as we're shifting what becomes possible from not just the external but starting from the internal we realize nature is 
is more than just the world we land in to do things in. It's it's really an intelligence that connects all things. And when we flip our um, incentives, ergo the legal system, mm-hmm. when we flip mm-hmm. our incentives to operate from this internal compass first, from this connected regenerative whole systems awareness, right? Um, yeah, there is a... I would say there is a like a nuance to life, like a sacredness that is very hard to put into words. But once mm-hmm. you start glimpsing at it, it's um, it's like a driving force for everything I do at this point. And it it sounds and it feels like Reggie being on the on the line here with you and recording this this beautiful podcast that that's a very similar occurrence in in your world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like I, you know, there's there money can't. Uh, in this form of sort of, uh, if you want to call it a currency, the sort of currency of connection, like you can't buy that with money, you know, like you can get, you can get support. Um, and there are ways to like, yeah, around that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, at least today, like the work that I've done here is like, you could say on the, yeah, on the financial level, it's not paid, but and I'm not worried about that one at all because the there's a different kind of like richness that comes from that connection and um, yeah and there's a there's you know there's other forms of capital than financial you know like experiential capital and cultural capital emotional and social capital and uh, yeah a rich life is not just financially you know having enough uh, financial capital, it's, it's those other forms of capital too. And I think ultimately that's, that's why people want money is they want it. They want a good life. And so I think that's part of, hopefully that's part of where we're heading is to say, Hey, this is, these are the kind of lives that we really want to live. You know, what's going to make that possible. Maybe we're over, over prioritizing the financial right now. Um, We want to come into a bit more balance. Well, and as we're talking about building better worlds, you know, that that is a integral part of a better world. And it's very interesting that you earlier said that, you know, calling it personhood rather than riverhood, um, similar to the value of care or the value of connection in our language, we still have to call it a form of capital gain. So, so we understand yeah. it in an economic sense. And, and I think that's the shift that's occurring in many people that, you know, we, there is no problem in building powerful, beautiful technology, but can we build it from this place of nature connection? Because if we do, and if we come from that place first, a whole other world, as you said, it is an unimaginable world, you know, will become possible. Yeah. Maybe on the other side there, Reggie, a question like what, what do you, would you, you know, if you were to metaphorically raise your, your finger in like, let's be careful kind of uh, like, mm-hmm. what would you say? Wh- where's the line? Like what, where do we have to stay very careful and very vigilant to, you know, create um, an abundant, a shared and a transparent um, digital world as well? Because of course, this is a conversation that's made possible by us digitally connecting. Um, yeah. But so where's, where, where do you see is, 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 is like maybe, I don't want to call it the danger zone, but somewhere where we, we have to continue to um, build and act in, in total integrity. In terms of like how technology can be in service to what we're talking about? In service rather than to actually take away from it, right? Which 
I think right now we're still seeing that both could be possible. Yeah, yeah, and and probably both will continue to be possible and the actualizing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that I think you really touched on it that the that the shift internal um, the internal shift is maybe the most important because once once you once that comes into alignment the things that you want to build and the things that are possible to build um, and to even conceptualize um, are different than you know before before that shift and so i think like that would be the place to start and yeah we can to some degree we can do that on our own but to a huge degree i think we we need each other um, to to both make those shifts and then to hold each other um, in like the best way holding, you know, kind of this interbeing sort of idea um, uh, to, to support each other in those shifts, to, to share the values that we're say, we're living more and more from and aspire to live more and more from and ask each other to, to help us live in the way that we, we really want to. And then I think the, the kinds of things that we'll build, um, yeah, will will be different, and we may use a lot of the same technology. I, I mean, I'm also really excited about you know Web three. I think um, aligning ship uh, with um, with basically users like being able to 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 own what they're using and disrupting these these power structures and moving more to decentralization. I think these are all really positive shifts and. Yeah, I have a lot of wonderful conversations, um, you know, along the lines that we're having right now with people in the crypto space. And so that that is really encouraging to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, a lot of um, of that shift that needs to still be actualized right and it takes people like yourself and uh, like you know everyone who's tuning into this episode to to find their or our connection to purpose and our connection to actualize and realize this world that is a decentralized world that is a shared world that is an abundant world into i guess the way that that we humans made sense of this world because nature around us is already rolling and flowing like this and it's it's more yeah. our systems and our ways of, of creating transactions and contracts that want to upgrade to this to this kind of a way. Yeah, totally agree. And I think like that's yeah, that's part of what what I think I would I would love to help with too is like you know basically being a part of a, of a group that looks at okay, well you know one of the things we want to do is we want to look at companies giving equity towards nature. Um, to nature and to bioregions and then how do people who are making this kind of shift how can we support them and and help them support one another in that kind of internal shift so yeah that's like that's part of um i think that's part of how this could this could unfold yeah i want to ask one one question that you know might might be obvious but just to not to play devil's advocate, but but mm -hmm. to just to feel on the you know maybe on one of the one of the more more difficult nuances of that conversation. So um, actually, I just you know met a new friend from Ecuador, and we had a, a a whole lot of longer conversations during a retreat I was hosting. And in Ecuador, 
you know, nature has uh, legal representation already. But in Ecuador specifically, the, the problem of corruption kind of overwrites uh, nature's legal, um, let's call it riverhood or, you know, like personhood. And, and so that the value of money or the power of corruption still is, is, is in the way, you know, for it to be actualized and realized. And so my question would be from your experience in New Zealand and, you know, your experience and your, your dedication to this topic. Um, is this a fear we, we, we have to have as long as, you know, there are really powerful corporate and, 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 and monetary players, or is this something that you, you see maybe even move out of the picture entirely if we create those legal representations in a good way? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I, I feel like um, on the company side, like one of the things which I think can make a huge difference is companies being owned by their purpose. So with, um, with the company I'm, I'm uh, working to start now, basically all of our shareholders will be bioregions um, and will be legally obligated uh, to stay focused there'll be a trustee level above our board that will obligate our board to stay focused on the mission for which we exist, which is to, to work on the regeneration of bioregions and support that. And um, if, if the board starts to deviate from that, the trustees can then replace the board. So the earth equity level is actually above the board level, holds the, the wow. board accountable to purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other way that um, this is where I think it really gets into the, like the actual kind of like DNA of the company is um, uh, a like appropriate upside to investors, like saying, okay, there's risk here. Um, and then a more of a waterfall approach to profits. So the first kind of bucket is kind of the employees bucket um, and some for growth, then some repayment to investors. And then hopefully what is by far the biggest cup where those profits flow down um, is are the bioregions. So we, we're kind of going, um, so to speak, all the way. So all the shareholders um, will be bioregions that we work with. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be, the board will be fully accountable. But I think it's, it's that kind of shift that's actually needed because what can happen is a company becomes extremely successful, more and more financially sophisticated investors come in and in the DNA of almost every company, unless you change it, is shareholder primacy. Shareholders can, if they accrue enough shares and they're interested in financial return, which greater financial return is usually linked to extraction, they can actually force the board towards extraction. So you, we really need to make that kind of shift. Otherwise, every really successful company, financially successful company will be taken over by financial interests, which will equate almost definitely to extraction. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that is really key is, is are those structural shifts. Um, and yeah, happy to, to help and support companies with making those shifts. Yeah, yeah. We, we have a bit of nature um, coming in through my microphone here in the back. Um, but but I, I, love, I love what you're saying, these structural shifts are, you know, they're the path because um, as companies gain this traction, gain the financial rewards, gain that financial uh, power, right? We, we, we want to reward that not by extracting from the earth, but by continuing to create more value for all, all of life. Um, 
such a beautiful yeah. little taster of a conversation, Reggie. I feel like there's there's more in the interbeing and the space between the two of us. Maybe we continue it at another time. For now, thank you so yeah. much for coming on for building better worlds. Um, it's highly interesting what you're sharing. There's there's a a, a big depth there. Um, maybe as you're uh, as you're signing off. Um, what, what would be a, a call to action or something you want to share where people can connect with you? Um, yeah, please do. Share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably the, it may be that the easiest way to get in touch is through that, through that new organization I mentioned, which is, um, I mean, I guess I didn't mention the name, but it's nature tech or nature dive tech um, and nature tech nexus. So I'll have to check the website and see if there's a way to get in touch with us there. But um, yeah, there's other ways to, to connect with me on, on LinkedIn um, or um, yeah, or, or hopefully we'll make a way through that website. But um, yeah, I, I guess I would just say that for people who want to kind of make that sort of shift, especially for uh, company founders and and also people, I know there's a lot of really wonderful refi, regenerative finance projects happening in the Web3 space. Um, yeah, if we can support and helping um, create that sort of structural integrity and make it possible for, yeah, for nature to, to basically be um, kind of a voice on the board, if a company wants to be obligated to its purpose and not be taken over by that shareholder primacy towards financial interests, like we could, we can help with that. Um, and, and I think also like just the last piece I mentioned there is what I'm finding is that companies who, and founders who think this kind of way, much more likely to be able to, to collaborate with one another. You know, if I know that you're, you're obligated and you um, viewed nature as a, you know, as a stakeholder and you're obligated to follow through on your purpose and that's how your company is oriented and that's how my company is oriented it's way easier for us to work together i don't have to worry about you deviating from your purpose or forgetting about the value um, of nature and connection to nature because i know that's built into your to your company dna and it's and it's part of your value system and part of mine so i think that it's actually good good business to, to, to value nature. And yeah, so it's a few, a few things, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to continue the conversation. Um, it was really good to chat with you. Thank you for your time and for the powerful mission and purpose you're on. Um, mm. Thank yeah, you. And you everyone, too. Yeah. For everyone tuning into this conversation, thanks for joining us. Um, please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join the community. Um, under buildingbetterworlds.io thank you Reggie yeah thank you, thank you.